Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. Rejection um, is like putting on um, glasses. I've got several. I've got several glasses that the boys have worn uh, out working. And if I grab one of those and try to ride the motorcycle with them, they're quite stretched. Um, but what I was really picturing in my mind is that, like that pair of sunglasses that's sliding upside down on your grandfather's 72 Chevy C10 or C20 pickup truck across the dashboard, you know, something, you know, something like that. You grab those, you put them on, you can't, you know, just it, it changes everything, right? And so uh, rejection can be like that in that rejection, uh, the ministry of rejection, the working of rejection, the effect of rejection, um, Within the life of the believer, within the life of a person, um, is is so powerful in the way it affects the way we see things that it's like putting a clouded lens, a scratched or a damaged lens over our sight uh, so that we see everything through the lens then of this that is flawed or stretched or um, clouded. So um, I think rejection is a lot like that. And I have a theory that rejection along with that rejection and inferiority are interrelated ministries that uh, minister to our soul from the day of birth. Now, the reason that these ministries are ministering to our soul from the day of birth is because we're born uh, outside of a relationship with God. We're born outside of His affirming spirit or ministry of truth. And we're born in sin. Uh, so there's already this sense that something's lacking with us. There's already a sense that uh, we are not complete. Uh, though we might not, and you know, for the most part, we may not uh, perceive that that lack of completion is because of the God void. Uh, and that's why as we, as we grow, we're looking for... We've got this starvation issue where our soul is thirsty, uh, thirsty for worth, thirsty for value, thirsty for purpose, thirsty for recognition, affirmation. Our soul is very thirsty, uh, but we, uh, we don't recognize that, that the source of filling that is God. So then, you know, we're looking to fill that void with affirmation of people, fitting in with people, performance orientation, right? Uh, and we find, too, that not only are the people relationships extremely important, 
Uh, guys, just grab a piece of blank paper. Uh, if you're waiting for the prayer team or the prayer room, uh, sign up for prayer as you come in, and they'll come and call you into a room. So think about this. If, um, if your circles, we're talking about rejection and the, you know, the ministry of rejection and inferiority and how they partner together to harm our inner man and how they partner together to quench, sabotage our future, uh, our self-perspective. And then I think that as they become more and more successful, then as they become more and more successful, then they also feed the realm of addiction. They feed the realm of depression and addiction. All right, we're excited about another day of Restored Life Radio. Thanks for tuning in. God bless. We're available at 253-922-1502. We encourage you to call in. We'll be offering the Restored Life Encounter soon, and we want you to sign up and get involved in that. We also want you to check in for the Restored Life Manual and Materials. Let's go right back to the program. Wherever there is a valid need within you, and by the way, affirmation is a valid need. Worth, significance, love, affirmation is a valid need. And so wherever there is a valid need within you, it doesn't work to starve that valid need. For instance, eating is a valid need, right? Uh, and so uh, you may go on a fast for a little while, but it doesn't work to starve, you know, to, to say, well, I, I just don't need to eat, or I'm just, you know, eating is a real problem for me. I'm just going to deny that I have to eat. Okay? That won't last very long. That won't work. So wherever we talk about, uh, like and and as we refer, starting in chapter two of Recover Life, we start talking about the trees of life. We used to call them the spokes of life. Uh, and kind of my point with the trees of life and the spokes of life is that each one of those areas represents a valid need within our lives. If we deny ourselves the expression of a valid need, and or if we think that God is not interested in the fulfillment of a valid need. wherever By the way, wherever you think God has no interest in a valid need, you're actually feeding rebellion within you. So if Satan can convince you that God's not interested in rest or recreation, it will actually promote rebellion within you. If Satan can convince you that God's not interested in wealth, prosperity, sufficiency, um, abundance or things if Satan can convince you of that it will promote rebellion within you that's why I like uh, Matthew 6.33 right father knows that you need all these things wow that's kind of cool so wherever, wherever wherever we have these valid needs which in the book I, I call them either trees of life or spokes of life, wherever we have these valid needs, we have to see that 
that Father is interested in those things and that he is the source of fulfillment for those things. Well, likewise, we have, you know, we have this uh, need for uh, affirmation, for worth, for value, uh, for recognition, for love, for significance, for purpose. We have, and those are all kind of sandwiched together. Before we come to God, we don't know God is our answer for those things. Before we come to God, we think people are the answer to those things. So as we grow up in families, we look to mom and dad, we look to people. We look to people around us. They either promote more inferiority or they help deliver us from it based on perfect love. Perfect love drives out fear, right? And this is where, this is where an inappropriate performance-based relationship with ourself comes into play is because... If in our relationships, if in our upbringing, if in those around us, as we try to please them, as we seek for approval, as we're trying to get recognition, as we're looking within the mirror of their countenance for worth and significance, if as that's happening, our performance is not measuring up or our performance is judged, then we develop a performance-based mindset. We develop a performance-based view of ourselves, right? And this, is, this, is, this also can be working in the church uh, because those of us that grew up in the church, uh, I grew up a preacher's kid, so uh, in a Pentecostal denomination, uh, those of us that grew up in the church, if we grew up in the church or you grew up around the church or in church, uh, then the majority of what I really remember about church, I don't know about you, but the majority of what I really remember, remember about church was a fairly strong emphasis on the law and on the commandments. Not a strong emphasis on the new creation and who we are, who we've become, uh, in Christ, but more of a emphasis on the law and the commandments. And so then to please, and again, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about deriving, even in the church, we derive a lot of our self-esteem, our approval, our worth, our value, our significance from people. I don't know, I don't know that in, I'm 56 years old, I don't know that I ever had a class on how to derive your self-esteem from God instead of people. I don't think that, I never attended that class. I don't know if it ever happened in church. Now, when I was growing up, there was lots of sin preached, and so we developed a sin consciousness pretty strongly uh, because a lot of sin was preached, and so we did learn that we were not to smoke or chew or go with the girls that do. We knew that, and we, we had a very strong sin consciousness being developed, in church, but I don't know all I'm saying. So then even in the church, we're developing this performance uh, orientation that we want, you know, uh, we want approval. The young folks want approval from the youth pastors and the, and the uh, middle-aged people want approval from the, from the deacon leader. And then the deacon leader wants approval from the board of trustee leader or the elder. And then the elders want approval from the pastor and and I'm not trying to mock that, but what I'm saying is that uh, in 
in a system that is structured around more of a legalistic mentality, then even in the church, we develop this looking to people for approval thing. And I'm not saying that people don't have value. I'm not saying that we don't honor people. I'm not saying that whatsoever. In Restored Life, we're here to help you overcome the sabotaging factors of life. So many things want to sabotage our lives and our destiny. And God has given us keys to remove those sabotaging roadblocks, roadblocks of the flesh, the carnal nature of the enemy, and to get us into a restored place. Remember, the restored life is not getting back what you once had, but it's getting back what you never had. God has something so good for you. God has such a great future for you. He's getting you back on plan A, out of plan B, out of plan C, restoring you fully and restoring you to the garden, to the promise, to the place and the land, to the destiny and the destination that you've never even had yet. I encourage you to keep listening. Today we're dealing with rejection and the power of rejection and inferiority. These are such powerful enemies of our destiny and of our success. And I encourage you to listen in today. Grow and get all that you possibly can from God's Word to overcome rejection and inferiority. God bless you. All of it is a house of cards if we don't get our approval from Father. And and even in the church, if we do not... Now, that doesn't mean we disobey men. doesn't mean we disregard men. It doesn't mean we throw out Hebrews thirteen seven and 17 and we don't respect our elders or we don't esteem our elders or we don't honor those who teach us or those who bear uh, places of authority. That doesn't mean that at all. It, it simply means that uh, we have to have... Uh, and, and, and years ago, we started this... Uh, we started trying to work this out in our family at home. Because even though I was married to Joel and I'm supposed to be the man of hour the man of power for the hour, uh, even though we had, you know, you know, we we had our start in marriage and I'm supposed to be this wonderful guru of spirituality and whatever else, uh, I didn't want to be her number one, I wanted to be her number two. And so, and for me, I didn't want her to be my number one. I wanted her to be my number two. You follow what I'm saying? And so I was very adamant that we both had uh, not so much prayer times together, uh, though there is value in that and there are times for that, but I'm really big into uh, personal prayer. You know, that that we both had our times together. Because if your soul is thirsty and your soul has been disconnected from the wellspring of life, then the um, then then in salvation we're re-hooked to you know the artesian well of God, right? But then we have to draw waters out of the well of salvation. Right? This is Hebrew. This is Isaiah 55. If we don't draw waters out of the well of salvation, then even though we're tapped into the well of salvation, if we don't draw water out of the well, so even saved people, even saved people, man shall not live by bread alone. We can't really partake of abundance of life 
through any other means but through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, right? So think, I mean, you know, think about that. What, what gets fed, uh, what gets fed is your soul. The spirit part of you is what died uh, when Adam died. And it's the spirit part and that divine connection with God that, uh, that was severed uh, when Adam died. The soul continued on, and the soul is mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination. Uh, so until we come to God, and then uh, Jesus said it this way to Nicodemus, he said, that which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. And then we just find scripture after scripture about Jesus testifies to our spirit that the mind set on the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. And there's just scripture after scripture after scripture that shows us that what's reconnected to God when we come to him through Jesus is our spirit man. But as we learn about and talk about in Recover Life quite a bit, uh, the soul uh, still has some misprogramming. Uh, the soul has some misinformation. Uh, the soul still has some uh, perspectives that are harmful. And it's in the soul uh, that dwell the memory and the effect and the influence of hurts and injuries and generational influences and etc., etc. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We're so glad that you're with us. Restored Life Radio is brought to you in part by New Horizon Church. New Horizon is a church created for your restoration. We meet right off of the freeway in 5, exit 137, central to the whole Puget Sound. Join us at New Horizon this weekend and come and visit our website, www.org newhcc.com that's newhcc.com come and discover a new horizon with us if you want to call us by the telephone 253-922-1502 we'd love to hear from you love to connect and get you to the restored life seminar so we come uh, we come to God uh, and we're made alive in spirit the Holy Spirit is able to communicate with our spirit. We're able to receive from him. The spirit of truth is now dwelling in our spirit. Uh, this is the voice, the witness of Jesus in our spirit. Uh, so we have all of this potential, but the potential uh, the potential is not actuated. It's not, it's not uh, made alive until we tap into, we have to be tapping into his word. And then we have to be rightly applying his word. We have to be doing something with the word we've heard to overcome this ministry of rejection and inferiority. Am I making sense? You have to recognize when you're seeing when all at once there is something out of the demonic realm trying to grab your eyes, trying to grab your vision. Remember we talked about the scratched up glasses. Rejection and inferiority are like putting on a lens that distorts all that you're seeing. Uh, so, you know, somebody walks through the foyer and doesn't say hi, suddenly you know they're mad at you. 
uh, if I'm really like if I'm really connected with Frank, you know, and Frank is here uh, standing uh, talking with Sean, and I'm not connected with Sean very well at all, uh, you know, I I might acknowledge Sean more than I acknowledge Frank. I might actually even acknowledge Sean completely and ignore saying hi to Frank. Okay, you ever done that? Uh, you know, think about it with your spouse. I mean. You know, I I don't need to give my wife a special salutation uh, if she's standing with Gail. But I might give Gail more of a special salutation. Gail, good to see you tonight. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, if my wife is seeing out of the lens of inferiority or rejection, she might... Am I invisible? Was I not here too? Uh, did you not see me, my love? Right? Now, that's an extreme example. I'm giving you an extreme by using my wife as an example or someone that I'm close to as a friend. But I'm using that example on purpose so that you see that, that what happens is that when you're being ministered to or influenced out of rejection and inferiority, that it it affects the way you see all relationships. And you see yourself as need-based instead of source-based. I use that vernacular purposefully because you're needing the approval of those around you and only as you think you get that approval will, will the fear within be removed or dissipate. The problem is, again, we're building a house of cards. The problem is, is that as long as it's people-based, then you're just forming an addiction is what you're doing. You're forming an addiction that will never satisfy. So as you know, with, uh, with some addictive substances, the more you get of it, the more of a tolerance for it you build up. The more of a tolerance you build up, the more of it you need, right? And that's why if, if rejection and inferiority are ministering to you and you are listening to them, you've allowed them, they've come through the pathway of performance, uh, they've come through the pathway of generational influence. If they're ministering to you, they've come through the pathway of injury, disappointment, hurt, abuse. If they're ministering to you and, they're, and, and, and you're listening to them, then no matter what people say, you don't believe it anyway. You don't believe it anyway. Okay? So somebody says you're really handsome. Oh, shucks. No, I'm not. You know, somebody says you're really smart. Well, not, I mean, not really, not compared to, you know... And if you don't argue back with the person, you have an inner argument that tears down, dismisses, uh, disqualifies the comment or the compliment, even though you might have been fishing for it. You might have been fishing for it. So out of self-pity, out of rejection, out of inferior, you might have actually been, you might have been fishing for a positive affirming statement but then when it comes, you don't believe it or you disregard it 
you're still hungry for more, you continue to fish because you're so... It's like an addiction that cannot satisfy. And the more you get, the more you fish, but the more you fish, the more you're exasperated with the fish you catch. Am I making sense? So, um, and again, it's not to say that the affirmation of people is worthless. It's not to say that the affirmation or the love of people uh, is, is worthless at all. It is just simply to say that at some point you have to, to get the breakthrough, you have to know that your, your whole worth and value and love base comes from God. It comes from God. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253 Nine two two fifteen oh two.